Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. And we're brought to you by Extend Technologies. I decided to follow my own advice from Thursday. And I uninstalled Twitter. Okay. But I have to promote it that we're having the podcast right now. So I have to keep reinstalling it. Which is good because I never forget my my password now. Yeah, yeah. So I got that going. I got another thing to get off my chest. Um... I know that people love the movie. I I am so disappointed. I've seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, it, it's um I ain't going to lie to you guys. It's it is the most disappointing movie I think I've ever watched. And the re- you, I think you'll understand the reasoning behind it. I for whatever reason I was talking about it with Peterlin uh right before we went and and came in here to do the show. And I said that the reason it's so disappointing to me is that the Alec Baldwin scene, everybody remembers the Alec Baldwin scene, right? Mm. Right, 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 right. Is I, you see that scene and you think it's going to be like Wall Street. You think the dialogue is going to be so tough, so excellent, go-getters, all that stuff. Like you are going to be, like you are going to be, inspired even by bad people you think you're going to be inspired i mean he comes in there good father bleep you go play with your kids i mean it's such a great scene and it's what seven minutes long and he like calls basically calls jack lemon a loser or calls um it wasn't alan arkin who was it who was it was it alan arkin who he calls a loser yeah yeah, yeah, he well, plays the role of a fire your loser bleeping ass because a loser is a loser yeah washed up sales guy yeah um the rest of it is so sad and so depressing. And I'm like, I, I, I can't believe that people love Glengarry Glenn Ross the way they do, or they think it's like, I get that a movie's well done and all that stuff, but there's no let me up. There is zero let me up. And it's like in my own life, why do I want to watch this? I have enough depressing things in my own personal life. Like I come from a long list of people that are just scraping it out on their ass just to get by why do I why do I want to watch this? Do you disagree? It seems you do. Uh, a couple things here. It's so funny you said this. I don't catch as many Joe Rogans as I did say like three years ago, four years ago. 
Um, I've just kind of stayed away from a lot of them for whatever reason. But yeah. when there's a good comedian on that I want to listen to or an interesting guest, I'll still listen. Well, you judge just for listening to it now. Oh, well, that's silly. Okay. That's silly. I, 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 I don't understand know. that. But I listened to one a few weeks ago, and I forgot who he was talking to. And Joe was talking about how brutal, in his memory, how brutal Alec Baldwin was in one of the scenes. And then they played the scene, and he's like, wow, my memory is totally off on that. He goes, still a good scene. Alec Baldwin's still really good, but not nearly as impactful as I thought. How my memory, basically, and I hear this in a lot of, a lot of podcasts where they play old movie clips or television shows or speeches or whatever, and it's never as much as you, your mind takes it to another level. Yeah. For a bunch of reasons. There's a bunch of psychology around this. Oh, yeah. For one, like the first time I saw Goodfellas, this is applicable because we just watched the first half of Goodfellas last night. And I couldn't wait. I sat down with Sarah. She'd never seen it. What app was it on? The uh, It's on HBO Max. Okay. For free now. Well, not free, but you know what I mean. So we watched it on HBO Max. It's free if you pay for Max. And the first hour and a half of it was not as riveting as I remember it. But it's unfair to judge it like that because I've seen it a thousand times. Ah. I just haven't seen it in like five years. I have a, I have but, a theory behind this. But, Owen, jump in if you're ready. But going over it yesterday, first of all, nothing's going to surprise me. I've seen it. And I'm watching. I already know about the amazing tricks that Scorsese had the amazing plot points that were developed and the character development, how they make these characters stand out. Well, I've already seen that. I already know. I already jumped to that conclusion in my head. So yesterday, sitting down and watching it, it wasn't as riveting for me as it would have been the first 10 times that I would have seen it. reasoning for that. And also, society's changed. Movies have changed. And so... So few movies. Every time I watch or go over any, whether it's rewatchables on the Ringer podcast or Cinephobe or whatever it is with Metal Arc or any of the number of podcasts that now go over movies or TV shows, man, this, this stuff is so old and there's so much art that's come out since that and society has changed and the way that we expect movies to hit us. And the 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 five act play and how it how it is translated in movies like you've seen so much of it, it's never going to hit you anywhere near what it did the first however many times. My theory about this is different. You were watching it with Sarah. She was watching it for the first time. Yeah. Do you want her to like the movie? Yeah, hundred percent. That's why you didn't find it as riveting. If there was no pressure, I think there's... There was too much pressure. There's an unspoken amount of pressure that's in the back of your head yesterday where you wanted her to love that movie because we all want our significant others to love something as much as we do. And so you wanted her to love it as much as you do. And so when you watched it, you you were so critical of all those things that none of it surprised you. Yeah, because I kept looking at her and like the Joe Pesci, the first time Joe Pesci starts talking as an adult is the... Do you think I'm a clown? Do I amuse you? And I kept looking at her, and she wasn't as into it as, say, maybe I was that first time. Was she paying attention? And, but you got to remember, she was definitely paying attention. Never looked at her phone. She put her phone away. One of the, the differences I noticed, it is so common to hear curse words up and down in every movie. Yeah. In every movie. We've had comedies. We've had so many. 
every every movie has so many swear words. TV shows have swear words. Stuff now on network TV at a certain time after Safe Harbor right. Hours can have swear words. That when Scorsese did it in that movie, they I remember they counted up the curse words and are like, there's never been a movie like this that's had so many swear words. Well, she's watching this movie 30 years later. Why would the swear words? Why would that get to her? She's also seen that scene. She's- she doesn't realize it. She's seen that scene parodied yeah. a thousand times, but didn't know it. Right. So well, why she's would seen it? That scene in other other things. Too. Yes. Yeah. So well, why would that scene hit her like a blunt object, the way that it hit us yeah. in our impressionable way for the very first well, time? She wasn't an eight-year-old boy watching it for the first exactly. time. Exactly. And, and let's also discuss. so it's an impossibility. You're right. In many ways, you had to see these movies when they came out at that time and had the same kind of history. And you're not going to have that 30 years later. Did you know I was going to take it there? Because your no. answer was too good. No. No, I didn't. Okay. I swear to God. Uh, I think there's also, let's not let it be lost on us that she's a woman and women watch things differently. 100%. Yeah. Obviously than men. I mean, She's I... watching the female yeah. scenes more. Yeah. The Lorraine Bracco, uh, the Karen scenes of what are all these other women with bad skin and bad makeup? And then she notices, oh, now she wants the nice clothes. She wants that extra money. She's not going to question What's going on? Oh, I just saw him beat the crap and almost kill the guy. And you saw the look in her eye while she's watching going, yeah, that's that's pretty it's amazing. Hot. That's pretty sexy. Well, she says it turned her on. Uh, there's there's so many, like you watch, like Liz and I both love the movie. And I think that there's... And she's from Youngstown. There, she, well, uh, th- but this is the point. <laughs> this is it. Liz has seen real people in that life. Mm-hmm. Uh, her friends have seen real people in that life. She watches it with a different eye. She watches that. She watches The Godfather. She watches all those movies with a different eye. Because there are people in Youngstown who were like that. Who were like that during the age of The Godfather. And were like that during the age of Goodfellas. The Pittsburgh connections. Well, the Pittsburgh connections were obviously going to Youngstown. And obviously all that stuff. And I in and it's not lost on people from Youngstown or even people in Northeast Ohio mm-hmm. that the paper Henry picks up at the yeah. end of the movie is a Youngstown the Vindicator. Vindicator, the Vindy. So, which is a it's very interesting part to that. But I think for Liz, she's also seen in our generation. There's guys that watch that, and our generation does this. And I I don't think that I don't think Gen Z does it as much. We turn these figures into. The, we've taken the Anna hero and turned them into our, our, for whatever reason, our heroes. Like, nothing's more, I think nothing's sadder. And I, I get the guys doing it, they don't even realize they're doing it. And I'm sure I've done it myself. You take some quote you saw from Peaky Blinders, and you put it on your social media. It's like, you don't live, sir, you, you, you work at Amazon. You are not in the same lifestyle yeah. as Peaky Blinders. You are not that tough. Did you like Peaky Blinders, by the way? Yes, I did. I haven't seen I it. I go, you, you would never... You're not going up to people in rival gangs and hitting them with the butt of a rifle. You're just... You're working at Amazon. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we take that fantasy life and we put that to our own. It's like, no, nah, that doesn't mean anything. It's ridiculous. And I think we do that. We've done that with John Gotti. Uh, I think we did that with... I mean, you and I, you and I both love Mad Men. Don yeah. Draper is not a good guy. He's no. not a good person. Roger Sterling is not a good person. And we've done that even to that level. And that's that's obviously not as gratuitously violent or strong-willed or anything like that in Mad Men that you're going to see in Goodfellas or any of the other stuff. But women see that differently. 
they see guys carrying on a con. There's guys like me. I've never been in the mafia. I've never been close to the mafia. And we all had the Goodfellas poster. And we wanted to talk like this and do all mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's fake. She's seen it. They've seen it over there. So for them, it's like, who's real and who's not? And you can tell who's fake. And there's another part to it where her grandmother, she just died a few years ago in her 90s. She was from Italy. Literally from Italy. Like, came here. And I remember she told me a story. She told me a story once. Her mom will tell the story where she used to, as a little girl, uh, there were immigration commercials that would ran. She was really nervous because her mother was technically an illegal immigrant at that time. And so... People well, get... it's interesting when I talk politics with anybody and talk about uh, yeah, how people came over. Oh, they were all legal. Every single one of them. Like, yeah, every no, single one of them? Not really? every single one. Every single one of them? And, okay. And, like, so they, her grandmother <laughs> hated right. the movie Goodfellas. Hated really? yeah. Godfather. Because to her, it just made everybody think that everybody who was from Italy was in the mafia. Mm. And so it was her a bad stereotype. That nothing could shake. Like her father or her, you know, whatever. They came and they worked and they toiled. And not everything was perfect, obviously. Um, But it's like, you know, there were plenty of Italians who came over and just worked on the floor of Youngstown's sheet and tube as long as they could. And that was it. They didn't go run booze, Mm. do numbers, do rackets, embezzle, racketeer. Racketeer and rackets are the same thing. Like that type of thing. They never, there was plenty of Italian people, the majority of Italian people, Never did that. But we saw those movies, and we assume that that's what they all did. And her grandmother had a real problem with that. So movies like Goodfellas and Godfather. They glorify all that stuff, yeah. Like when I hear somebody say, Goodfellas is my favorite movie. Why? How old are you? Are you 20? I bet I know why Goodfellas is your favorite movie. Are you 40? I bet I know why Goodfellas might be your favorite movie. Because there's things that, if if you just like the story that it tells... Just like there's certain parts of that movie that I just I just find out outrageously great. Um, the, the the Copa scene's easy, but there's other things that just that roll right into it that are just exceedingly well. I've had whole arguments with people. Actually, I got into an argument on Sunday night with my neighbor out in the driveway, loaded. Okay, what time was this? Uh, probably somewhere around eleven thirty. We're out oh, there so early. Three. Oh yeah. Um, whether or not because Ray Liotta got brought up. And whether or not you would have done what Karen did, which is dump the Coke in the, mm-hmm. in the bathroom, in the toilet. Mm-hmm. And we argued about whether or not you'd do it, which I said my neighbor would. I said he'd totally freak out and he'd do it. He would have to understand what Karen did. And the second thing is, there had to be Coke all over that toilet seat. If the, if the cops didn't see it before, they were definitely going to see it now. Did she clean the toilet seat up to the point where they didn't notice the coke? No, I'm guessing she there was... There had to be coke she, all over the toilet she seat. She was so banged up that she probably uh, would not... Well, as knowing people who might have uh, got involved in that oh, world, uh, on, you're yes. not exactly spickety span on that stuff. But, well, I would imagine that it's all over the bathroom, not just... When they bring him in, when they bring him in, I mean, they, they got... Didn't they get Sandy, too? Mm. They get, they yeah. got, so they had... They had all the coke. They had all the measurements. A little bit of a dusting on the toilet ain't going to matter. For what he's going down for, that's inconsequential to everything else. So there you go. It was all the money we had. Yeah, but this this always comes back to are any of these movies, do they hold up? When people try to watch old comedies that they had never seen, none of it holds up because 
there is an evolution of everything. If you went back and watched Andrew Dice Clay at MSG, if you watched it now and you're anybody else, you'd watch it and go, this is terrible. Great. It's How would you example. like this? It's my favorite thing to do only because to watch the crowd reactions and go, yeah, that's probably my father-in-law. He was probably going Can I, crazy. That doesn't that. mean it wasn't hilarious we at, had the the time. Dice tapes. at the time. My mom had dice tapes. Had the the dice men okay, and uh, records. I so I watched the George Carlin documentary right, and they feature a part where he's talking about Andrew Dice Clay, and he's saying basically how Andrew's Andrew Dice Clay is punching down, and I think George Carlin's right, but at the same time, can't I just laugh at something? Yeah, can't I just go? That you, was funny. You, it was wrong. You it used was, to be able to. It was tawdry. Can I just laugh at something that I know is not good? Uh, like I know the uh, Andrew Dice Clay sold out Madison Square Garden for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. George Carlin is a legend and revered, and in some corners reviled, depending on what your religious beliefs are, or your personal uh, political re- beliefs are, whatever. Even though he was more than willing to attack both sides, but no one wants to see that. But there were periods they they talked about several periods where people thought that George Carlin was done. But now he's passed away, and he is this untouchable legend. The same thing with Richard Pryor. I mean, we hold them both in rarefied air, don't we? Of course. And Andrew Dice Clay is not in that in that category. But can I sit there and, and think for a moment and turn my brain off and go, that's funny. Like I saw a cameo, um I saw a cameo snippet or, mm-hmm. or, or tease or whatever from Andrew Dice Clay. And he's giving a happy birthday to this guy who's a doctor. And he goes into a graphic description of the sex that the doctor is going to have tonight with his wife. And it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I started cackling. I got done mowing. I was sitting there just goofing around on my phone. And this was like two years. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Years ago, and I saw I was laughing the whole time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious. Well, boy, that's a that's a bigger question. That's a larger but question. Do I want to sit there for an hour of Andrew Dice Clay? Probably not. No, I mean he's playing he's playing a character, and that's there's a wink and a nod yeah. from Dice Clay. Like yes. I am playing that's a character. True. I'm playing a hateable person. Yeah. Can you laugh at Dave Chappelle doing Clayton Bigsby play, mm. playing a racist, a very very racist white supremacist black person? Can you laugh at that? Is there humor in that? 
can you laugh at Dave Chappelle doing, quote, transphobic jokes? Boy, that gets right to the heart of the controversy that mm-hmm. we're that we're confronted with in society about what you can laugh at. Are there are there Holocaust jokes you can laugh at? Are there rape jokes you can laugh at? I mean, there are people that say no. No, you cannot even attempt those jokes. Do I can I understand that I was a different person, like I said, at twenty years old? I don't even and think I mean, Kenny, 15 I, years old and probably would have laughed at Kenny, that stuff I, can, that I, I just could not catch myself laughing. No, I mean, I can tell you I can laugh at any joke right now. I can laugh at any joke that's crafted that is targeted at anybody. Uh, if that makes me a bad person, then I guess I'm a bad person. But I also like to think that there is a, a nuance and a balance there that I can say, boy, the spirit of that joke, I can judge intent. And I can say that I believe the spirit of that joke is healthy. I think it is... I think the attempt at that particular joke is clever enough and has the right target. I don't believe it's punching down. I do believe it's making a broader uh, societal statement. But at what point do we look at it and go, hey, like there's certain comedians, they get attacked for saying things. It's like, well, you should have known going into the building. You know, if you were going to go see comedian X, well, it's supposed X, to be art form. It's supposed known, to be art, exactly. But you, sh- I should say, you should have known this and that about comedian X before you went into the building and understood that this was going to be this way. Like if I saw, and, and, and tell me if I'm off base. Like I bet at the beginning of Bob Saget's career, there was probably a lot of people thinking they were going to go see America's Funniest Home Videos. Yes, oh, yeah. and they all of a sudden you got this guy talking about. Body stuff. I mean, just really rough blue comedy that probably had a lot of people walking out. I'm sure he's. De- I, I can't watch them all, but I, I'm sure he's described that to some point. Yeah, I think he even said he he would put it over the top sometimes. Yes, just to get to keep the full house crowd away. Is is there a conversation to be had about certain people where we go, well, you just don't get them. Instead, no, maybe we just don't get them. Maybe they're just really an a-hole, and they said an a-hole thing. Or they're not a-holes, they just went over the line. Is there an over-the-line for those comedians? Well, there's a timing thing with it all, right? I, the, the line True. the line can be skewed. It's the, You might write something that's great about something that's topical right now, but hey, we can't bring it up right now. Maybe you got to wait six months. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know I'm asking questions that I don't think are a- even answerable. Like, for, for a comedian, maybe Anthony Lyme is a stand-up comedy, comedian. I've seen that show. And Anthony I've actually seen Lyme do stand-up. I one night. Yeah. yeah. Um, say Lyme is doing stand-up. And he is known, he's well-known, and he says a series of things. And then he says something that's just out of character. Is he allowed to change what he does? Is all of a sudden Anthony Lima because he like say say he goes the other way, say he worked blue, say Lima worked blue, and then decided you know what the sin for me I'm going clean I'm gonna go uh, um I'm gonna go do Brian Regan yeah I'm gonna go do I'm not gonna cuss and Brian Regan is a very wealthy very successful hilarious comedian who doesn't say cuss words and I respect him for that I love guys who cuss trust me I do it as much as anybody. I, I can get that punchline, but I also really like what Brian Regan does because that's part to me. That's part of the challenge of what he does. Say Lima decided to do that. Isn't Lima allowed to change? Or are there going to be people in Variety or, or, or Hollywood Insider who look at him and say, "Oh, well, he's changed for whatever reason. He's lost his fastball. He's lost his heart. Anything like that?" Or say he's really clean. Say Lima is a clean person, comedian who 
is on with Seth Meyers, who is on Jimmy Kimmel. And then Lyman goes, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this bleep. And just starts making jokes that are just really rough. Is that just part of the heat? Is that just part of the, the like, hey, you wanted to change what you do? This is part of it. There's going to be a bunch of people on Twitter who hate what I'm doing. I think that is... Or are you a sellout? Uh, no, I think, I think that's, you know, any artist, anything. I mean, there are... Why do we have racist characters in movies? They are they are characters, and you're supposed to go Mentions to the. Like them. You're supposed to go to the movies, and when you watch something like The Godfather or basically any of the mobster movies, they were patently racist. Oh yeah, they were racist characters. Um, does that mean that the movie is so offensive that you can't respect the art or understand the storytelling? Like, I think that's silly. I, I think there are. There are, um, well, how can I not use a timepiece that doesn't well, describe racism in America? It's impossible. Well, but that's what I mean. But but some people would say that's, there are racist jokes in those movies, so therefore they should be cancelable. You have to you have to watch. Are, I brought it up to you before, but the Roy Wood Jr. on Leonardo DiCaprio in Django, it is it's a good five minutes. I haven't seen it. It is. I like Roy Wood. It is very um, very insightful for me. Just. And the, and the things, and then he brings up points. He goes, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, after that, he you didn't see him on screen with another African-American actor for 10 years because he couldn't he couldn't be associated that way anymore because people were killing him so bad. Really? Yeah. This was not the common man. This was, you know, Boy, that's... your tweeters and things like that. Oh, no, I mean, um, you go to an art exhibit, and many of the shocking ones, uh, like they would have in various parts of the world and it's just understood you're going to be shocked you're going to be right the the, the titillated right uh, of yes. some of the stuff you're going to see so why why would we hold any art form to a different standard you're talking about like a perversion type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. different installations are considered yeah. you know well, remember I mean, that was take, I took my kids to the Cleveland Museum of Art a great museum and that was the first time that some of the younger boys had seen things but it was art you know, so when I do remember the the news anchor Sharon Reed when she was in Cleveland, she took part in that art installation downtown where uh, this artist, this photographer, had uh, a thousand people completely naked, naked. Yeah. and that was really offensive. They did this public round, right? But most people, their takeaway was art. It's all in the name of art, and there, whatever the form of canceling was back then, there were there were protesters. They were outraged, and you know what? We live to see another day. It didn't result in the coarsening of America or the crumbling of the American society. I think there is, and I think that this has got, I hate to go back to the social media well again, but I think there, again, there are people who find things that are detestable or they find things offensive and they feel that other people should be offended with them. And so that's where, to me, is that not the the base of canceling? Is that not what Mm -hmm. it is? I find this offensive. You should agree with me on that, right? Yeah. I mean, not yeah. everybody is meant to draw audiences of everybody. Not everybody is meant to sell out arenas. Not everybody is meant to play pop music. I mean, Slayer has a devoted following. Will Slayer mm-hmm. ever be in the Hall of Fame? More than likely not. But they have a very passionate, very devoted following. And at the end of this all, they could always say, we made a difference to people. Who love that music? But in a way, in a way, There's, it's all it's all uh, different versions of art, and I support it because not everybody needs the, to be Kevin Hart for for the fact that you know somebody like Dave Chappelle 
can have his very controversial perspective, so can Alex Jones. And Alex Jones can make a lot of money, and he can pass off conspiracy theories that are very, quote, harmful to a lot of the, let's say, the victims' families of Sandy Hook or Newton or wherever these different places are. I, I still support the right to put out that art. Yeah, well, free speech is still free speech, yeah. and that also means the the freedom to be a goof, if you believe that way. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's things that I, I, I'm sure there's things that I would not find very great about what Dave Chappelle says. But when I when I look at Dave Chappelle's career, I go, this man has been. I mean, to walk away from that type of of deal that he, I mean, he was getting to be as mainstream as mainstream could be, and he walked away from mm. it. I mean, that there is a conversation to be had. He was just not going to find himself put in any specific order what anybody wanted to. Yeah, with, with, yeah the Dave thing's interesting because that this all started with essentially a love letter to mm-hmm. uh, a transgendered friend who at times was a friend mm-hmm. who was a comic that, like anybody, comics bust balls more than anybody. I mean, everybody bust balls to some extent. Comics go over the top. They hit on every stereotype you can imagine, and that's part of the game. They always would talk about the table uh, downstairs from the comedy cellar, or upstairs, yeah. I should say, at the comedy cellar, that they, that they would all get together and just make oh. fun of each other. It's the comedy Whether, first floor. Yeah. With, yeah, doesn't matter what they were, who they were, men, women, gay, straight, uh, Polish, whatever. No matter what you were, Jewish, they were going to come after you using every stereotype, and they would all say that they weren't harmed. They weren't harmed by any of this. In fact, there's a great scene. There's a great scene in not Lucky Louie. What's the other one? Just Louie, where I forgot the name of the gay comic, but they were going over um, one of the one of the biggest slurs you can have against gay people, and I think it was Nick DiPaolo goes after him and calls him the F word for the sake of this podcast, yeah. and he says, "Get your jokes in." He goes, I, "Nick, I know you're not a bad guy. It's a funny joke, but he goes, let me explain to you." Where it comes from. So he goes on this very, very sober explanation of why that term is so hurtful to gay people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, it gets really quiet. And then he goes, so I just wanted you to know. I just wanted you to know where it came from, why it's so hurtful to us. Make your jokes. That's what we are. We're comics. Make your jokes. But at least understand why it's so hurtful. And at the end, Nick DePaulo goes, Okay. And then called him it again. Yeah. And it broke it up. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. But it was such a poignant moment where I think as long as you understand that these can be these can be commentaries, they can be jokes, but you know, just understand it's an art form. It's an art form. People are gonna be hurt yeah. by everything you say. People I get just, hurt by things we say every day. Yeah, I just it, they don't I, come to cancel us yet. They, under, they understand us. I and they've done a good job of trying to understand us. Um I get so, you know, that's that's the thing I'm, I guess I'm a little bit disappointed by. And maybe I should just understand that these things tend to take a while and sometimes they tend to take a little longer than we thought. Is I thought, I mean, how long have we been doing this? I, I think that I, I would have thought we weeded out. I remember I remember when I was a kid and, like, there was this this whole thing of married with children came out and it was just so depraved. And people said it was the degradation of society. I mean, you have this father who's not the best father in the world. And you have this mother who is certainly not a good mother. I mean, let's be honest. Peggy was not a good mother. And you have these kids that uh, Kelly is not a smart person, promiscuous, whatever. And Bud is 
just on his way to prison for probably something terrible at some point. And there was this degradation of the family, this convert. I mean, I, I remember Tipper Gore and stuff like that yeah. when I was a kid. Politicians and, spoke out against it, and absolutely. I, and, and people fought. To, uh, people I knew fought to watch that movie. They loved or that show. They loved that show. And there was a thought of, boy, this has just opened it all up now. Everything is open. There used to be, remember, the, the married couples had separate beds. Married couples had separate beds because they couldn't be seen in bed together. You know, those, the type of standards that they had on network television, now this is being broken over time, and where where will it continue to go? And I look back and I go, boy, we're tighter than we've ever been, it seems. And we're tighter than we've ever been. I mean, you look at network television now, network television doesn't go for it. They can't. They can't. And I go, are we professionally offended? Is that what we've become? Where we are professionally offended that this has become almost an occupation to some. They are offended by this today, and they will be offended by something else tomorrow, and they'll be offended by something else the next day. Like, is there a point? Will we ever reach a point where dingbats are dingbats and they say dingback things? Will we ever reach that standard? I don't know if we will. I don't know if we will. Because now, before, like, outrage used to die down over a period of time, and it would be like, hey, you know what? The truly untalented are truly untalented, and we're never going to hear from them again. The public forum was only in your bubble, right? And now the public forum is Yes, exactly. And if somebody was offended by something that I found to be funny or poignant or whatever, I'd just Mm -hmm. ignore that person, or I never heard that person in the first place because we were in different circles. Now, I can just go search for that and then start fights with those people. Mm -hmm. It's like, where... Where does it all work itself out? Where does this begin to work itself out? Like, I think we, we need standards. We need, we need to understand that things are bad. But I think we do as a society. I knew that words were bad, and I knew that certain words were bad when I was a child. I know that those words are still bad now. I know that those things can harm people. But where do we, where do we look at it as a society and go, all right, we're just not going to pay attention? Or, or naturally, naturally, we don't make a decision. Naturally, we just don't pay attention to those people. I mean, you bring up Andrew Dice Clay. In the grand scheme of things, yes, he still shows up, and it's a wink and a nod. Who's the last time Andrew Dice Clay's been big? And how long was he really big for? What, a few years? Mm-hmm. His peak was and as that, high as you can get. Guys, but yeah. that, was, that was way before social media. Yeah. That was way before chat rooms. That was way before all that stuff. So what, we don't think that, that the truly, or we, we feel that the truly offensive or the truly talentless aren't going to wean themselves out to begin with? Like, I don't know. I, I, that's, these are and questions always I, gonna, that yeah. you can't answer in one Well, there's podcast. always going to be shock jockery, right? There's always going to be people that are making a scene. How about the dude who was just at, uh, you know, right in front of the Mona Lisa and threw cake on it? That's a stunt. There's always going to be... But it never Those lasts Those perpetrating long. stunts, yeah. It never lasts long. Like, has there been anybody? I think, unfortunately, the, the big political pundits on both sides, that's been the next form of shock jockery, and they get rewarded. Right. They get rewarded uh, because they, they know how gullible the general public is. And even if they don't really believe, like, like you do love when you find out, and this is obviously, uh, I'm going to bring up one example, and you're going to go, what about the other? But like when you find out Tucker Carlson was next-door neighbors to Joe Biden's kid, Hunter, and, Is that true? and he tried to help Hunter Biden get into college. Is that true? Yes. Or no, I'm sorry, Hunter Hunter was at, yeah, talk, let me get this right, because uh, people are just ready yeah, with no their pitchforks. <laughs> Tucker Carlson uh, asked if Hunter could help. 
his kid get into college, no or maybe way. it was a friend to get into college. And he did actually respond to that a few weeks ago and said, uh, well, I knew he had a, uh, he was going through a tough time, blah, blah, blah. Now he needs to get help. Whatever. But either way, it shows that these guys are not as vicious in real life as their characters are on television. That's scary, though, Anthony. Well, of course, it's all scary. It's all scary. And I'm sure there are a thousand examples of somebody on the left who's being hypocritical or whatever. Either way, just goes to show that I don't believe... I don't believe any of these people. But there were people who- in real life are as vicious as they are on television to their tribes. I would, I would agree. Not, see, now I'm asking a bunch of questions. I don't even know if I want the answer to because, you know, when you look at both sides who who they hate in media. If we're talking politics, right? The the left hates Tucker Carlson. They hated Bill O'Reilly mm-hmm. before him. Bill mm-hmm. O'Reilly had the sexual suit and $32 million yeah. in settlements, and now he's hosting his podcast still and whatever. Bill's doing fine. Fox Fox separated from him. You know, I feel that someday probably Tucker Carlson will have a mishap, and Tucker Carlson will probably be done at Fox or whatever. Or even Fox won't stand by him. Or, or yeah. fo- yes, Fox won't stand by him. And they'll just find somebody else. Yeah. And I look at the other side. There's Plug people, and play. They just they hate Rachel Maddow. They hate her, hate her, hate her, hate her, hate her. They'll find somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, so my whole question, my other question becomes, where does it end? You know, where does this end? I can't answer. Again, we can't answer it one podcast, and I don't think I can answer it in a series of them. Mm-hmm. But where does that side? When does critical thinking begin? Well, and and are we is, getting to a point? Is so, another point. Sub question. Sorry. When does critical thinking end, and when do we realize? That there's that there's a point of critical thinking. Well, we don't. I mean, going going forward, look at look at how uh, anybody that runs for public office now is running towards the extreme on both sides. It's like they don't really believe this. You you know because you followed these politicians and then you've seen them dance to the extreme, dance further out. Like they don't really believe it because people I... know them. They're in the public eye. They know they didn't believe this ten years ago. When am I allowed to, just as a civil adult, or even as a media member, I can go, this person's full of it. I don't need to pay attention. And that's it. I, I do or think do that, I have to advocate no, 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 I think for there, something that I'm not even passionate about? I want to give the public some credit. I do think people can accept what either a talking head on television, whether it's a politician. I think they can just be able to read through some of it. Unfortunately, by and large, the masses cannot. And uh, that's why I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, at the very top, when it comes to just who's running for president. You've seen, co- you know, congressional members have gone more extreme. And, and you see the, the I mean, it's almost, it's almost the stunts on a daily basis. The stunts on a daily basis that they pull on social media because they're, they're following just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, it's, it is kind of scary because you're seeing it in the presidential. Yeah. I think there's one, well, I don't know if I want to get into all that. Because I think there's one level of behavior that some people think that they can pull off that only one man can pull off. And I think that they're trying to do that. And I think that there's some that are just absolutely failing. I mean, there's some that are successful in doing so just because somebody's got to win. Right. But I think that other ones are just but like, like I, I look at, I look at certain candidates. You didn't like that guy. You're exactly, not that showman. Exactly. Don't, yeah. And I, I go, there's one guy who can do that. And no matter what anybody else wants to say, there's one guy who can do that. And I go, there's other people. There's going to be a winner because there has to be a winner. But everybody else, it's like, how do I take you seriously again? How do I take you seriously mm-hmm. again? 
And like there's and especially even at the left, like people are starting to look under some of their bed sheets and find out go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you really the champion of the people that you say you are? Like that type of thing. And I know that this conversation has turned into something maybe we didn't even want it to be. Maybe we should have just talked about tight ends today. I don't know. But I, I just I wonder when the point is when this is all gonna be when it's gonna be exposed. Like I, I think that what bothers some, like when we look at ourselves, we can only look at ourselves. We look, we always look at ourselves first and then we look outward. That's how every person is. What I like about you is that you're still, what you see is what you get 99% of the time. With me, I think what you see is what you get 99% of the time. There's always going to be something held back. I talk about places I go that I won't share with anybody else because I won't do it because it's just someday I might, but it ain't what I want to do. And there's things that you only tell the truth to of certain things to certain people when you're ready to tell it. But I, I still think that, you know, the reason that people like might disagree with you on online or something like that, but I, I still think the people, the reason people like you is I, I find you to be pretty transparent. Do you find yourself to be transparent? I think you should. God, I'd hope so. Yeah. Although I think most people say they are. Everybody says they are. Everybody says they have a sense of humor, well, great sense of humor. Everybody says they're, Transparent. But, everybody says they do the right thing. But I've, I think I've been more, the truth to yourself. But your trans, yes, but you. your transparency, and for the, for Owen's sake, Owen's transparency, and even I mean, let's be frank. When Kenny was here, now every now and then I was critical of Kenny because I thought he might have taken it a little bit too far <laughs> with me. I'm like, hey, Kenny, you know, I'm not really. I, I don't think I'm a bad guy, but like there is like a I got to kind of tell the truth of how I am because there's even been times where I go, you know what? I didn't realize I was doing it wrong. And this has been in, in real life scenarios, in real life scenarios. And now I have to fix this and it's been worked out on the air. So there is, there is, there is room for truth or there is room for real people who believe what they say, who, who stand behind what they say, or aren't even willing to go, you know what? I went overboard there and let me tell you why I was wrong. Or let me tell you why I switch the, the saying that you have of, we have new information, mm-hmm. that type of thing brought to you by extend X T E N D A V dot com. There you go. That it? That's a very sobering conversation. I don't know if we have anything to no. end on. The, no. It feels like no. we shouldn't end on something like shocking. Or no, anything. that's fine. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.